Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. At Keystone, we believe exceptional organizations don't just happen. They are built by focused leaders that recognize their authentic leadership superpowers. Join us for a serious dose of inspiration. The Culture Climb Coaching Bundle is designed to help you and your team create clarity and momentum towards a defined culture vision for your organization. This bundle includes a one-hour session with an impact advisor and an individualized roadmap to your own culture vision journey. Find out more at theculturecline.com. Welcome everybody to the Superpower Success Podcast. I am so glad that you are here today to invest in yourself, right? A little bit of time to to invest in your growth and maybe learn something new. So I have Missy Chikre here with me. She's the CEO at Mentium. And if you haven't heard of them, you'll get really familiar with what they do and how they create impact by the end of this podcast. But Missy is a mentor whisperer. Maybe that's a new thing that I came up with, right? She's she's involved in a world of how do you create mentorship relationships, right? That's what she does for a living. It's what her organization does. And it has a huge impact on, on people. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I really want to focus today on her leadership journey, right? How do you get to become the CEO of such a successful organization? And what did that look like? So Missy, thanks for being here today and taking the time. Thank you for having me. I would love you to just start with who you are, where you've been, what's that jungle gym uh, instead of a career ladder, right, that you've been on to kind of get to the point of success that you're at today. Absolutely. And it is a jungle gym. You'll hear a little bit in my story. People ask me all the time, was this your aspiration? Did you always dream of being a CEO? No, not necessarily. I never had a title in mind when I thought about what do I want to be when I grow up, right? What is What are my aspirations for myself? But I always dreamt big, even from a young age. I always had a deep appreciation for relationships and connection and wanting to make a positive difference in the world. However, I could do that in some small way. I actually was on the path to become a professor, believe it or not. I was in the world of academia and, you know, have liberal arts in college and then went on to complete a master's degree in Hispanic literature um, and thought I would become a professor. But in the meantime, I have been doing internships in different areas of business. So I sort of had one foot in academia, one foot in the business world. And as I was completing the master's degree, I just had this moment of, is this really what I want to do? Because if I commit to a PhD in Hispanic literature, I better be sure <laughs> that I want to be a professor. And I had done some really interesting internships in communications and public relations. So I actually decided to complete the master's and then sort of pivot and say, I want to really walk through the door of the business world and pursue that for a while. I ended up going into change management consulting. So I went from academia to consulting because I really wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something related to, again, connecting with people And how do you help people sort of become the best version of themselves? And I thought starting in consulting would just give me a great purview of the business world and a lot of experience quickly. So I joined Accenture as a change management analyst. And I'm so grateful I ended up taking that path because having a change management background, as you know, it is such a strong framework for anything else you do in the business world. 
starting out with that mindset of how do you create transformational change? How do you create culture change? How do you bring people along a journey to get that buy-in and that adoption? So I did that for a couple of years. It was an awesome experience. I was able to sort of bring Spanish into it. One of my first projects was actually helping Best Buy open its first stores in Puerto Rico. So I was able to spend time in Puerto Rico, use my Spanish. So it was a great blend of sort of my skills and interests. From there, I ended up sort of happening upon an opportunity to work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. It's one of those things where I was not walking around in college, like, I want to be a DEI practitioner, right? I didn't even know that was a thing then. But the work is so aligned with my personal values, convictions, and my own life, which is a bilingual, bicultural, interfaith life. So I ended up getting a role in diversity, equity, inclusion, and that really launched me into my HR career. I worked with employee resource groups. I did transformational, you know, training around DEI, cultural immersion in Memphis through Best Buy. And I just really immersed myself in that work and found a deep passion for doing it. From there, I actually left Best Buy, went over to Cargill to do the DEI work on a global scale and was actually the tag to Latin America in my first role. So you'll see kind of a theme throughout I traveled all over Latin America, working with business teams around diversity action planning. It was absolutely fascinating to kind of have this lens of DEI through a cultural perspective. And, you know, the space of DEI has just evolved so much. So to be a part of that journey was really fantastic. And then I'll say another sort of big part of my journey. And when you say, you know, kind of how did you get to where you are today and kind of those full circle moments. I was on this path of doing DEI work for so long. So definitely had a passion there. And then in 2010 became a mom and started my sort of career motherhood journey. That really opened up for me, finding my sort of calling and passion around developing and advancing women. I already had a passion there because of the DEI work, but it really took on a whole new meaning when I became a mom and really started having to sort of reconcile my career aspirations, with my motherhood aspirations, and being able to really design the life that I wanted. So I was, you know, my roles were growing in scope and responsibility, which was fantastic. I was achieving so many of those career goals I had set for myself. And then my daughter was, you know, kind of getting into that toddler stage. And that's when I really started to feel the tension of how do I do all these things I want to do in my life and create this full life that I want. Lots of ups and downs in the journey, lots of hard decisions. Um, I know we'll probably get to some of that in more detail, but I ended up taking a lot of risks in my career. And I always tell people, I I consider myself a pretty risk averse person in general, but I've taken a lot of risks with my career. Um, I took a leave of absence, which was a really hard decision in the moment. And I can talk more about that. Uh, My daughter was about two, two and a half at that time. I had a lot of fear around that but I did it. And I was able to do it because of a mentor who really stepped in and said, let's think about this. What do you need to kind of have that space and time to reflect, think about what you want, think about your values, reconnect with yourself, with your daughter. And doing that honestly changed the trajectory of not just my career, but my life, I would say, because it allowed me the space and time to hone in on my values, to get really clear about the life I want to lead, And I went back 
after the leave of absence in a job that was a lower level, which was hard, uh, but intentional. And I started a working mothers network. So a very grassroots working moms, let's come together. It started as more of a sort of networking camaraderie. Let's bring working mothers together. And what it quickly transformed into is we can actually influence corporate culture. So how do we create space for working moms to navigate their careers and motherhood and achieve their version of success, whatever that looks like for each individual. That's when I got really clear about my purpose and my calling. Kind of continued on that path for a while, moved into different roles of HR and talent management. And then in 2016, had my son. And again, sort of that critical point of what do I want to be? What do I want to do? What's my purpose in the world? And took another sort of leap of faith to say, it's time for something new. I had been in sort of big corporate my whole career. I really wanted to move to a small organization. I wanted to find a mission that was aligned with my personal values and convictions. And I really wanted to do work that was going to help me continue to accelerate. How do we create space for women and working mothers to grow, thrive, and be successful? And one networking coffee led to another led to Lynn Sontag, who is the owner and former CEO of Mentium. And that's how I got to Mentium in 2017. So there are like seven podcast topics in here that you and I are going to have to talk for two and a half hours if everybody wants to stay and listen, because first off, the word that just keeps coming into my head as you're talking is brave. And you might not you know, think that, but hearing your story is taking those chances because you're betting on yourself in those moments right? You're not betting on anybody else. You knew if you left and you took a leave of absence, you'd be all right. You'd figure out what was next, right? It's that double. I always say when in doubt, double down on yourself. I love that. That's what we have to do. And I just hear you doing that over and over and over again. And to get to the mentorship piece, right? You, you triggered me and remembering when I decided to leave corporate to become an entrepreneur, I had a mentor that again, really was helping me think through like the risk and, you know, what do you do? And I just remember this moment where she said, what's the worst thing that would happen if you tried this? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't know. I try it. It doesn't really work. And I go back and get a high, you know, high level job somewhere else. And the moment the words came out of my mouth, I was like, there's, I can do this, right? Like yeah. the worst thing that's going to happen. And I actually had gratitude in that moment for like, if that's the worst thing, I can take this risk. Yes. But we need people, right? We need those voices instead of the voices that are telling us stay safe, stay comfortable, right? There's there's a lot of those voices too. Typically it's your mom or your best friend or your sister, right? I mean, the people that care about you. Yes. And so Mm -hmm. when you look back kind of over all of this experience, is there a moment, like a leadership moment that really shaped and formed, like you're like, I remember that conversation or that thing that happened that shaped and formed the leader you are today. Absolutely. There's several moments, but the one that comes to mind, the way you just positioned the question, it just took me back in time to about 2013. I was in a co-active coaching training mm-hmm. within Cargill. And Been there. I've gone yep, through that. <laughs> lots of fans out there. I know of co-active coaching. And again, that is the investing in yourself that whole premise of you are creative, resourceful, and whole having to work through what are my values? What is sort of my aspirational statement? You know, we had to come up with a statement of what we want to achieve as individuals. 
And I had come back from my leave of absence. I was in a new role. I was working through the Working Mothers Network. I was really trying to figure out how to leverage my passion and skill set around that and sort of take it to a different level. And I remember sitting in that training and working with my partner and coming up with this whole vision statement about wanting to be a voice for women, wanting to be able to make a bigger impact around how we can help women grow, develop, and advance. And I created that mission statement. And then fast forward now, you know, 10 years later, I'm sitting here as the CEO of Mentium, which is a proud women-owned, women-led business that actually started as mentoring for high potential women to help women break the glass ceiling in the early nineties. Yeah. It's so I'm, we're just going to go from flashback to flashback because the <laughs> you did your training in, I actually did some of right. That training. And those were some of the most impactful moments when I think about, right. As a leader yes. and I can visibly like see myself in that training room. Um, so I just, I love every part of that. Um, what, if, if you have to think back over the most important lesson, and this could be a not great, right? In the moment, it didn't feel like a great lesson, but what's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned over your career that you still really use, you know, as you're navigating? Mm-hmm. A couple of different things come to mind. One thing that comes to mind is I always tell people, especially when I mentor, you know, younger women or earlier in their career to say, never let a circumstance, a person, a company, decide your fate. I can remember moments of feeling stuck and thinking I need to just wait it out. Or this was promised to me. It's going to happen at this time. Or when this happens, then I'll be happy. I'll be fulfilled. And just this sitting of sort of waiting, it's like each of us has agency to make decisions. And yes, there are a lot of different circumstances that play into that. I'm not saying that it's easy in every moment and we each get to decide where we want to be. Mm-hmm. That is was such a powerful lesson for me of just my own agency, my own independence, my own confidence. I get to choose where I want to be. And if the path isn't going the place I wanted to, or if I'm not doing the things that bring me joy and leverage my skills, I get to choose. So that was a really important lesson for me along the way. It's such a beautiful lesson and having young girls, right. And teenagers and and college age, it's like that, that is something that's important because you feel very much like your power is in someone else's hands. And when we can really, and and typically it takes us to our fourth decade on the planet. I mean, this is why you hear, right. To figure out, we actually had the power all along, but you have to live, right. There has to be some of this experience for you to realize that. 100%. I was just asked recently in a different interview, you know, what is a regret you have, or what is something you wish you would have done differently? And honestly, I said nothing because I think I made the decisions I had to make in the moment based on where I was in my life and career journey. And if I hadn't made those decisions then and gone through some of the hard things, I would not be the person I am today. So I don't look at it as regrets or I wish I would have done this differently. I look at it as learning that helped me get to where I am. There's a beautiful quote. I'm not going to get it right. And I don't even know who it's by, but it talks about, and I have this image in my head because I've seen it with a beautiful photo is, you know, what if, what if the obstacles in your journey, you know, in the way are the way, right? They are your journey instead of seeing them. It's a mindset thing, right? And seeing, seeing like, why am I dealing with this? Mm -hmm. Look at it and say, what is this preparing me for? Exactly. And you don't see that in the moment. You see it later. Right. 
But the more and more you, and that's why I think it takes time. The more and more you see it and you see something better come out the other end, by the mm-hmm. time you get to a certain point and look back, you're like, oh, okay, I can accept the next hurdle, right? Because I know that good things come out of the chaos. Yes. Yes. And I share this a lot. So my team would probably laugh if they heard me saying this again, but another pivotal moment for me or advice from a mentor when I was working through my career motherhood journey and just trying to figure it all out, she said, stop thinking about work life and these kind of two separate things and work-life balance or whatever word you want to use the word of the day. She said, you have one life. You have just this one life. How do you want to live it? And that was such a powerful mindset shift for me. Again, it goes to what I said earlier about having agency and confidence to define the path for yourself of, yes, I get this one life. How do I want to design it? What are the things that are important to me to stay true to my values, to still go after my goals and aspirations? I get to decide and I get to define that and design the one life that I'm going to lead. That's a beautiful just way to think about it. And I'm even relating it to the culture work that we do is we talk a lot about bridging the gap, right? Business needs and human needs. But I don't think it's the company's fault if you don't do that, right? Or if you're not feeling that there's a gap in the middle and we have to be able to both come to the center. So businesses Mm -hmm. have to, and leaders have to create the space to have that type of conversation, to put you in a coactive coaching, knowing it could spark something in you that might, you know, have you leave or take a different role that the company is going to have to work through, but they put you in that position because they knew that was going to grow you. And then you Mm -hmm. make a choice to step towards it, right? It's both ways. And I think a lot of times companies get a bad rap because employees aren't happy, there are, there are things they're not doing, right? They're not creating the space. They're not building their leaders up, but employees, you know, also have ownership of some of this. Right? So how do we get that relationship, right? Working really healthily both ways. And I think it also yes. relates to mentoring, right? And the work you do is it's a two-way energy exchange. Right? It has, it has Absolutely. to be. So and when- you have to have that emotional or psychological safety. We talk about that a lot here at Mentium. Because in order to build the trust and rapport and maximize a mentoring relationship or any relationship for that matter, being able to have that emotionally safe space to truly show up as your authentic, vulnerable, transparent self is the best way to maximize a relationship, whether it's a mentor, it's with a peer, it's with a manager. You know, I think emotional and psychological safety, they sort of become these buzzwords but it is so critical in the workplace today because yes, we're working to achieve a mission and achieve outcomes. We're running a business and we're a group of people working together to get after that mission. So it aligns so well with what you focus on in your work and what we do through our, what I call our human centered mentoring approach, because it is based on authentic human connection, period. Right. Don't overcomplicate it. Right. I think we do just as humans. So when you think about yourself, right, as a leader across all of the different aspects of your career, right? if I were to take all of the people that have reported to you and worked for you and put them in a room and you weren't in that room, what would they tell me that your superpowers are as a leader? I thought about this in preparation for today of, okay, what are my superpowers? And then I did ask some of my team members too, because I wanted to see if what they would say. I mean, was you're on the superpower success podcast. Yes, you know, exactly. you're going to ask the question. <laughs> yes. You're going to ask me about superpowers. 
I mean, the first thing I would start with it, it, it's authentic human connection. It's what we do as a business. And I think it's something I do well as an individual. Mm-hmm. And I've been a connector my whole life. I mean, since I was a little girl, since I was a kid, I was always the person everyone called to say, what are we doing tonight? What are the plans? What's happening? Always getting people together, bringing people together, connecting people, networking. I love meeting people understanding their stories, what makes them tick, who they are. And I just really value authentic, deep relationships. I invest a lot in my relationships. I foster them. I make the time and effort to stay connected to people. So I do think that is a superpower of building strong, authentic relationships. I also think one of my superpowers is strong communication. I believe as a leader, communicating clearly, frequently, and in an inspirational way is absolutely critical to being a successful leader. I also think it's important to do it, bring in your whole self to the table. You know, here at Mentium, one of our values is fun and quirky. And I'm fun and quirky. And I bring those quirks and I want my team to bring their quirks. And I want everyone to show up as who they authentically are. Um, and be able to communicate in a very transparent and authentic way. I think that is so important. And it's something that I really invest time and effort in. And it's something that I take very seriously. You know, something that someone on my team said is really just a mindset of humility and gratitude. Those are also values of mine. I have so much gratitude, one, to be sitting in the seat and doing the work that I'm doing. I have so much gratitude for the Mentium community, that's mentees, our mentors, our clients. I am just filled with gratitude to be able to do this work with a group of people because it's mission-driven and we are positively impacting people's lives. And that is part of my personal mission and vision and goal for who I wanna be and show up as in the world. The value of humility is one that's really important to me. I have wonderful examples of that in my own life. Um, my dad was a very successful business executive and I was able to sort of see him in action through some of my own internships. And you don't usually get that purview as a kid, sort of seeing your parent in action in their work life. And he has been such a powerful role model for me of leadership, humility, authentically caring about people, holding people accountable and driving to business results. So I feel so lucky to have such an amazing role model in my life who just lived that. And I just think the modeling of that is so important. You can literally feel your values. I can feel the company with, right. Without having met everyone in your company. And I think that's such an important thing that, you know, we get a lot of companies that say, you know, maybe they're manufacturing or construction, right. Or some different, and they say, it's hard to be, how do, how do we have a purpose and how do we have be mission, but you know, and like, and I just think, why do you exist if you don't? Like, right, it's this conversation around every company, every person can be mission driven, right? And and find things that are mission aligned. And I think as a society right now, it's what people are craving in their connections, right? And in their conversations. Do you guys totally agree on the mentor, you know, on the relationship side of the work that you do? Yes, I've been talking a lot about that because the world is very complex right now. It's very volatile. Obviously advancements in technology are changing so many things about how we work, how we interact. And I keep saying 
our core competency that we have been known for, right, for over three decades is authentically connecting people. And I believe technology can offer many amazing enhancements and advancements to our lives. And it can never replace authentic, genuine human connection. And that's what we do. So I am saying, let's double down on authentic human connection because people are craving it. They're yearning for it. They need it. So if we can provide that for people in their sort of life and leadership journeys to help them grow into and live up to their potential, then we are doing our job. Right. We are living our mission. And I just love that perspective too, right? Because there's at all points of our societal growth and evolution, right? There's these things we fear, right? And we fear AI taking our jobs or, you know, that's the thing right now. And what you're talking about is, I saw a great uh, picture on LinkedIn the other day of a building, a big building going up. And on the side of the building, they had a huge banner that said, chat GPT, build this building. Oh, you can't? We're looking for great people to do it, right? It was like literally like, you know, a recruitment poster, but it's exactly what you said is like, these things are going to make us more efficient, but they're going to take away connection in some places and we have to learn how to build it in others. So it's just an evolution. It's not something to be scared of. I don't think we just have to go search for it in other ways. Agreed. So talk to me. I I always love to hear from leaders about your own personal growth right? Strategy and how you ensure you're growing for the organization, right? But for yourself and your team. So what, where are you finding success in your growth and, and where do you find growth from? Where, what's your go-to? Yeah, good question. Uh, I find it in a lot of ways. Part of it, again, it goes back to that network and connecting. So I am constantly meeting with people, whether it's in person or Zoom, people like you, and I am learning from others who are, you know, leading their businesses, who are leaders in their community. I am constantly learning from the people in my network and creating space and time to myself be connecting with people on a very regular basis. Mm -hmm. I read a lot. Um, I have an amazing group of connections on LinkedIn. So I am constantly seeing, you know, what people I trust and admire are posting. So whether it's an ABR article, a McKinsey article, a blog post, I do a lot of reading to keep up on not only what's happening in the world and in the work environment, the economy, but also what are people saying around well-being, mindfulness, burnout, you know, what's happening around the people space. So I read a lot and I sort of selectively pick where to spend time in terms of, we were just talking about this earlier, different networks. There's a lot of different women's leadership groups. Um, So I've been able to be a part of several different um, you know, learning journeys more formally through programs like Chief and others where I'm able to connect in with other leaders and again, focus on my own leadership. I also am so lucky because Lynn Sontag, the owner of Mentium is now mentoring me through this transition as I have become the new CEO of Mentium. And that is such a gift. And again, it's modeling what we do. We're a mentoring company. Um, so to have her mentoring me through all of her experience of leading this amazing organization through, you know, so many years of many different opportunities, challenges, changes in the landscape at a macro level um, to have her mentoring me is such a gift. I love that. 
So we've talked, wow. Like, so the, the, the theme I am hearing mm-hmm. in this whole dis- discussion that I needed to hear today too, I think is design the life you want. And you said it at the beginning, but you have just over and over again, talked about right intentionally what you've done to do that. And so for leaders that are listening, that are like, that sounds amazing. I would love to design the life I want, but I feel like I'm under a pile of boulders right now. Right. And they're other people's boulders, not mine. Um, what's, where do they start? What's your guidance to say, just start here, do this thing. I think the first step is get clear on your values. It all comes back to aligning what you're doing in every aspect of your life around your values. So you have to do the self-work And I was able to do that, you know, not just on my own, but through opportunities like coactive coaching, where I was able to kind of work through a structured process around that. But I think the first piece is what are your values? Those are going to be your guidepost as you make decisions about where you want to go. I think that's number one. Number two, connected with your network. I know that at different phases in my career, I was so busy, right? Quote unquote, with my day job and my family and all my other commitments that I wasn't always purposeful about keeping up with all of my connections and doing the networking coffee. So I would say it is always a good idea to cast your net wide with your network and invest in relationships because it's through people that you're going to learn. You're going to grow. You're going to find out about opportunities. You're going to get connected to a new person you didn't know before. And that is going to open up doors. It's purposely shifting your perspective, right? By putting yourself in rooms. And and for a lot of us, it's hard. I was telling you, I have an event this afternoon. Are there a million other things I should be doing? There absolutely are. There always are. You're never going to have time for these things. You have to make time. And when I get there, I'm like, I'm so glad I came because I learned something, right? I met someone. I had an amazing conversation that shifted my perspective. And so the word I keep thinking of is intentional, Right. Yes. You have to be intentional about these things. They aren't going to just show up for you. Yes. And you have to flip your mindset a bit. I love the art of possibility by Benjamin Zander. I love that book. I read it many years ago. I was able to hear him speak a couple of times and it is a mindset shift to think about what is possible versus what is. So he talks about the world of measurement versus the world of possibility. Yes. It is a hard flip of the switch to change your mindset around. Let me imagine what is possible. I am reading that. I have not read that, but it even, I go back to our culture work is not just what is, and let's fix it and measure it. It's what is possible. What could we achieve as a business, as a division, as a department, if we actually invested in the human centric piece, like you guys talk about. Exactly. And I think that's such a powerful tool, even if you're leading a team or leading strategy work, it's so easy to get into the meetings and talk about sort of the tactical, what do we need to address? What do we need to fix? What's happening here? And I think it's so important to create space and meetings to bring team members together to say, we're not going to do any of the tactical today. We're not going to you know, check anything off our to-do list. Let's really take some time for sort of the strategic thinking about what is possible. Let's have the white board blank and just spend some time thinking about, you know, that it's that whole, if you could wave a magic wand, what would you want to see happen? What would you want to do with the business? What do you want for yourself? 
I think it's so important to create time and space for that, even in the busy of all the day to day. It's the growth mindset approach, right? And take some of the filters off that you're going to be like, well, we couldn't do that. Or we've never been able to right. do that in the past because that's what clouds the possibility and us thinking exactly. ideas. We literally could do this. I, there's a whole nother podcast I, topic right there. That <laughs> I could just go down with you. So I so appreciate you sharing vulnerably, right? Your story and your learnings. But before we let you go, I, I got to get through the bonus round, right? <laughs> okay. Different questions here at the end. So I've got three questions for, for you that I'm curious about that I want to hear your answer to. So the first one is we both have kids, right? And we both have kids in kind of those, what I would call those impressionable ages, right? Where they're kind of developing who they are. What for them and for yourself, what do you hope the world will look like in five years? Something that I always hone in on with my kids. My kids are seven and almost 13. My almost 13 year old is my daughter. So critical age and stage of growth and development and becoming this incredible human who's going to go out and do things in the world. It, it, it goes back to what I started with around humility, kindness, inclusion. So I think about it more in terms of how do I want them to show up in the world? I don't know what the world's going to look like. The world is changing so rapidly and I can't even imagine what might be possible five years from now. If we think about what's even happening in the world today, could we have even predicted so many of these things five years ago? So I think about it more as how do I want them to show up in the world? And it really comes back, back to those core values of humility, gratitude, kindness, inclusion, respect. That's how I want them to show up in the world. And I work really hard along with my husband to really build their confidence so that they can imagine what's possible and they have the confidence and the strength to imagine what they can go off and do in the world. I love that you're hearing a lot lately. And I just made this connection, Gary Vaynerchuk. um, I just heard Patrick Linshoni on a podcast talking about it is time to redefine success Hmm. and success is everything you just described. Success is a human, right? Versus the success that we've striven for in the past, which actually meant we would forego those things if we could get ahead. Right. And it was societal kind of demand. So I Mm -hmm. I love this whole idea that, that redefining success is around that humility, kindness, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. So as a CEO, right, we, we talk about CEO standing for chief energy officer. (laughs) One thing you do consistently to manage your own energy and make sure you've got what you need to show up for your family and to show up for your team. Yeah. That whole self-care well-being, it's a really important piece. And I'll be honest, I don't think I'm I, it's a, it's a work in progress for me Always. of figuring out what those things are. Um, you know, something I try to make time for, for myself is again, I spend so much time obviously working and with my kids and in the community and, you know, even just the day to day, like driving my kids to all their sports and activities. And so sometimes the day is sort of coming to an end and I'm like, what did I do for myself today to either recharge or exercise or just do something that's solely for me? I work really hard to stay connected with my friends. Again, it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier with authentic human connection and investing in relationships. Um, So I have my best friends from college. We try to get on a call or a Zoom every week. Um, Now that it's summer, I try and get out for walks with a friend. So I'm trying to be more purposeful about creating space and time in my day to do some of the things that are for me as an individual to help me recharge and be healthy. 
I love that. And then if you could have a billboard with anything on it, <laughs> what would you want it to say and why? That's a great question. You know, my favorite quote, and I think it goes back to, I think I put this in my high school yearbook, believe it or not. <laughs> Most people see things as they are and say, why? I dream of things that never were and say, why not? So I think my billboard would say, why not? Why not? What a beautiful way to end this. I needed that quote today as well. So I joke on the podcast that I bring people on that I just want to learn from and then everyone else <laughs> just gets to listen to. So you're welcome. Um, but you completely filled my bucket today. So I appreciate that so Thank much. You. I appreciate you taking the time um, because I know we're both very busy and to be able to have this conversation if people want to find out more about what you do, what Mentium does, right? Is this conversation filled their bucket? You could give them a lot more of that. Um, what's the best way for them to get information on that? Yeah. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. Always happy to connect that way. Uh, you can find Mentium on LinkedIn as well and follow our content. You know, we've got a lot of resources out there, curated content. We've got a podcast as well, which Jamie, we want to have you as a guest on our Mentium Matters podcast. Um, so yeah, find me or find Mentium on LinkedIn and we're happy to connect. Perfect. And we'll make sure that that's in the podcast notes so people can link directly to that. Thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me. And thanks to our listeners. You know, I just, every single time I record one of these, I sit here and you're not with me when we're recording, but I just imagine you on the other side of the microphone hearing this, whether you're running or walking or driving or whatever you do to listen to podcasts. And my hope and my, my goal with this is that there's one thing that sparks something in you today so that you can show up differently so that you can have a different conversation or bring a different energy into whatever you're doing, whether that's your family or it's your organization and your team. And so that's what this podcast is here for. So that's my hope. I'm grateful for this community and for everybody who continues to engage and be part of it. Thanks everyone. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as we release them. And remember to keep maximizing your unique leadership superpowers. It truly is the key to building success, both in your career and in life.